Thanks for listening to the Word Alive podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching. For more resources, please download our app by typing WAIO in your Play Store. I really believe the Lord is speaking to us about a season of joy. You say, why is that important? Well, I believe that the body of Christ in general, I believe the United States of America, the world, since 2008, we've been in a decade of some very trying times. Uh, over the last decade, there's been a financial test, there's been governmental tests, emotional tests, spiritual tests. It's just been a difficult decade for most people uh, that are following Jesus. It's just been, been hard, a hard season. And uh, I believe the Lord is coming for a season of refreshing, especially the church, uh, with the joy of the Lord in this season. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Uh, your level of strength, our, my level of strength, is only measured to the level of the joy we walk in. And, uh, and, and joy, by the way, is not, it's not, joy is not emotion. Joy is spiritual. Uh, my, Mary said, my, my soul does magnify the Lord, my spirit rejoices. It's a spiritual thing to tap into joy. And uh, as Dan so powerfully said last week, joy is a choice. You know, it's not, joy is not something that, that, that's uh, an emotion like happiness. Joy is a choice. You can be right in the midst of the most difficult time of your life and be filled with joy. The New Testament church, as you read church history, they were burned at the stake. And it says some were laughing hysterically being burned at the stake. Because joy had consumed them, taken over their very physical beings, uh, in, 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 even in the most difficult, trying time of their life. And so, I just want to um, uh, continue this journey uh, this week, and as we move forward, next week, uh, Pastor Jim Scenario is going to be with us, who's a powerful healing evangelist from Benny Hens Ministry, who was with him for 25 or 30 years, led the choirs around the world, and he has a healing anointing. Healing's part of the season we're in. Uh, I got a, a, a word from Jeff Digby yesterday. He saw somebody yesterday miraculously healed of cancer. Uh, it was really a supernatural deal. Just... Uh, and he said he felt like God told him this season of joy is going to bring about supernatural healings and miracles. Do you know a lot of people are sick because they ain't got no joy? You know, stress, anxiety, all that, it'll bring sickness on you. And if you can get rid of that stuff and get the joy back into your life, then it'll even deal with the physical aspect. I have some medical people from the medical community and other here, here today that can testify to the fact if you can get people emotionally well, you know, their physical bodies will start, or, or start tracking with that. Doesn't the Bible say something? Laughter is good like medicine? Right, And so there's, there's something to this joy thing that's more than just an emotion or a feeling. It's something we're trying to tap into uh, in this season and help us tap into it so we can move forward supernaturally. Uh, I felt like what the Lord was talking to me about is uh, first found in Isaiah 51, I believe, uh, where David said something like this, Restore to me, the, uh, can we put that back up? Restore to me the joy of my salvation and make me willing to obey you. I love that. Leave it up there. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and make me willing to obey you. See, I don't believe you can lose your salvation. Isn't that good news? Touch three people say it's really good news for you. <laughs> you, you, you can't lose it. You can't lose your salvation. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's just a, a place of security. But you can lose the joy of your salvation. You lose the joy of your salvation. Don't you remember when you first got saved? 
When you first met Jesus, your sins were washed away. You, you, you realized your future was hopeful and that God did have a plan for your life. I, I call it a born-again grin. You know, you're just like, and you're like, what happened to you? I got saved. You know, it just lasted for days. Just. But you know what happens over time is that the enemy doesn't like you living in that level of joy. And so the enemy comes to try to steal the joy of the Lord from you and me. My wife, Bev, used to keep a picture in our office that was a picture of an 85-year-old lady with her pocketbook and a beast laying on the ground with stars around his head. And she had whacked him in the head with her pocketbook. And the caption underneath said, he tried to steal my joy. Right? He tried to steal my joy. And, and, and see, I just really believe that we've had a decade of, of trials and circumstances where the enemy has tried to steal our joy. I, well, not tried, he has. I, I'm not saying he tried. The, the, I have definitely had times the last decade where the enemy took my joy away. Right? That just literally took my joy away, and I just found the burden of things instead of the joy of things, found the heaviness of things instead of the joy of, uh, uh, of ministry. And so I know, I, I, I repented first service, you know, uh, for being a miserable preacher at times uh, in my own life, just living under the weight of responsibility. And by the way, I think that word responsibility uh, is uh, used by the enemy sometimes. Because I believe, I believe in doing the right thing. I believe in getting up, going to work. I believe in being accountable. I believe in doing the right things. I, yes, absolutely. But I believe sometimes the enemy will use that word responsibility and try to get you to carry a load that's not your load to carry. See, I, I, I've got a word for somebody. I'm responsible to people. I'm not responsible for them. That's a word for somebody. I'm responsible to my children. I'm not responsible for my children. I'm responsible to raise them up in the way they should go. I'm not responsible for where they're going to wind up. God's responsible for that. Right? I'm not responsible for them. I'm responsible to them. I'm not responsible for you. I'm responsible to you. I've got to live a godly life. I've got to do what feel like the Lord's telling me to do and be honorable in the midst of it and, and, and try to do the right thing. But I'm not responsible for you. God's responsible for you. Isn't that great? I'm responsible to live a life of stewardship, to tithe, to give, to be generous, to allow the God's blessing. But I'm not responsible for the outcome of that. God's responsible for that. And if we can get that shift in our mindset that we're responsible to something but not for something, we can get out from under the weight. Some of us just need to let go of some things today and get out from under some stuff. Come on and move forward. Touch three people. Say, I'm about to let go of some stuff today. Tell them, I'm about to let go of some stuff. I, I, I'm trying to get better about, you know, you know, sharing all my business with you uh, and, and, and especially my families, uh, you know, but this just inspired me and, I, and, I, and I'm sure this will be okay. It's about my oldest son, Josh, and I, I just, he just so inspired me this week. Uh, and Josh is just, God, such an honorable man. I mean, he's, Josh is 42, 3 now. And uh, yeah, so on his birthday, December will be 30, 43. And uh, he has served as, uh, you know, the administrator for my life in ministry ever since I started. And he's just, there's none better. I mean, he, and he carries a weight of responsibility, especially the first of the month around here. You know, uh, and y'all probably have that at home. You know, the first of the month comes. And, and Josh is accountable to a finance team 
of course. He doesn't do it alone, but he, you know, carries a lot of the weight of that when the first of the month comes and payrolls due and mortgages are due and, you know, everything. And, it's just, and around here, that's a large sum of money that, that starts. And, you know, and it's easy to get under the weight of responsibility. But I saw him uh, when I flew back to Orlando, and it was December 1st, and, you know, he walked in the door, and he had the hugest smile on his face. And uh, he was just had the, he, he, I saw the spirit of joy on him. And we happened to be uh, hanging out with uh, Caleb's son, our grandson. And next thing you know, Josh was, had this little horsey thing with a stick on it, was riding it around the house, you know, and chasing, uh, uh, it was just really not Josh's personality, but he's chasing the kid around, you know, and he just, there's just spirit of joy on him. And I said, Josh, I know, I said, you know, it's the first of the month. <laughs> he said, you know, he said, I know, Dad. He said, but I was reading my scriptures. Now, I don't know about you, but when you have your son say, I was reading my scriptures, that did something to me. He said, I was reading my scriptures, and he said, I started feeling the weight of the first of the month, but I was reading my scriptures. And he said, I read Exodus 14, 14. I said, what did it say? He said, the message translation. He whipped it up on his phone, and here's what the message translation says. I will fight your battles for you. You keep your mouth shut. Yeah, come on, somebody. He said, as soon as I read that, I just knew, God's got this. God's got the first of the month. Come on. God's got the middle of the month. God's got the end of the Come on. God's got tomorrow. God's got the next day. God's got next week. God's got your future. For I know the plans I think towards you, says the God. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a good and a future hope. Touch three or four people say, God's got this. Tell them, God's got this. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Sometimes I think, you know, we, we, we want to fix everything. I, I, like we've been studying this month, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. Trust part's one thing, that lean not to your own understanding is a difficult part. But I think God's just wanting us to kind of let some things go in this season and enter into rest. God given me a promise for my family and this church for this season. And it's staggering. But God told me that God, He was going to do something so significant in our lives that we would, we, I'm talking about us as a church family, would have rest on every side. Now hang on a minute. This is a, this is a promise now. That we would have rest, we, we were entering a season where we would have rest on every side. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never had a season in my life where I've had rest on every side. I've had rest on some sides, but I've never had a season where I had rest on every side. What does that mean? My kids are okay. My grandkids are okay. My money's okay. My health's okay. My spiritual life's okay. My marriage is okay. My family's okay. My job's can you dream with me and imagine a season? And I'm not saying it'll last forever because I know seasons come and go. But I believe the Lord was telling me your reward for this past season of wars and fighting and, and difficulties is going to be, your reward is going to be, you're going to enter a season. And I can give you the scriptures for it. I'm not preaching on it. But you're going to enter a season where you will have rest on every side. Won't you just reach over your neighbor and just circle them with your hand and just say, you about to have rest on every side. Just tell them, you about to have rest on every side. Wow, what a promise from the Lord, huh?
And I believe it's the joy of the Lord. Do you know there's only two places in the Scripture, that, uh, that uh, only one place that the Lord says to labor. And it's to labor to enter rest. Labor to enter rest. Only, I think, I think, I ain't counted it, but some say there's 365 fear knots in the Bible. But there's one that says fear. The Lord said fear lest some of you don't find a place of rest. God, I believe, is about to give us a season of such supernatural joy, it's going to push us to a place of abundant rest. You say, why is that? Because it's with joy that you draw from the well of salvation. I used to think you got joy from the well. No, joy is what draws salvation out of the well. I'll be back. Joy, when you choose joy, joy is what allows you to tap into the well of salvation. So in other words, when I'm in the midst of a circumstance, I can give over to pressure, stress, or anxiety, or I can choose joy, and then that joy reaches down into the well of salvation and draws out whatever God's wanting to do in my life. I got, I'll show it to you. Y'all looking at me like you don't believe me. I'll tell you. Look, Isaiah 12. I'm a preacher. Watch this. Isaiah 12. I'll show you a scripture. No, no. I, that, I'm, Give me, give me on better than that one. There we go. In that day you will sing, I will praise you, O Lord. You are angry with me, but not anymore. Now you comfort me. See, God has come to save me. I will trust him and not be afraid. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. With joy you will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. Now, I thought that was interesting, that word victory. You know, today is this church's 17th birthday. Today, today, 17 years. We're 17 years old today. December 3rd, today, 17 years. I, I, I looked up 17 numerically this year. You know what, you know what the, the word 17 means? Complete victory. Complete victory. I believe as we have finished this 17 years, the Lord is speaking to you and me saying, get ready, you're going to experience complete and total victory in your life in this season we're entering into. So touch three more people say, I'm talking about complete victory. Tell them, I'm talking about complete victory. So how do we enter into this? You got to start drinking. You just got to start drinking. Giant, I, this is Greg Meadows' version. He covered me today. He said, aren't you glad that Jesus said, didn't say, come unto me and think. He said, come unto me and drink. John 7, not come unto me and think. Isn't it true? Most of us try to think our way through everything. Jesus said, don't try to think your way through everything. Just drink your way through everything. I love it when that religious thing starts. <laughs> it's like the, like, like the lady that was in the restroom after church service said, hey, won't you go to this champagne brunch with me? They say it's really nice. She goes, I don't drink. She said, Jesus drank. She said, I know, and that's something I never liked about Jesus. <laughs> I'm not talking about drinking alcohol. I'm talking about drinking of the spirit of the living God. Amen. 
Come unto me, Jesus said, anybody who's thirsty and drink. For out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. He said, if you drink of this stuff, you won't ever get thirsty again. See, I'm just telling you people, and, and, I, and, I, and I have to repent again. People really just need a drink. They don't need religion. They don't need a list of rules. They don't need a list of burdens and, and demands to ha put heavy burdens on their life. They just need a drink. When your friends and your relatives, those that get around you, they don't, they don't need a, a track that's telling them about four things to this or eight things to that. They're, ju they're just thirsty. They just need a drink of the Spirit of the living God. They're just wanting to taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on. Any of you drinkers? <laughs> so the, the, the reason alcohol is abused, right? The reason it's abused is you're just trying to maintain joy. So, you know, you go have your couple stiff ones and, and you get the... You just get a, that's why that's why it gets abused because it gives you that kind of yeah it gives you that like for a moment like huh it's all right and so you drink to try to maintain that level and that's when you can get you know and and then by the way you know you can actually if you here's what the Lord told me about alcohol he said there's a big Kent, big difference Kent in drinking to celebrate and drinking to get rid of pain. There's a big difference in having, you know, drinking with somebody uh, for a celebration purpose, a wedding, whatever you're, Jesus made wine at a wedding, I mean, you know, there you go, but, and drinking to, to take the place of the Holy Spirit. If you're drinking to find peace, you're in trouble. If you're drinking to find joy, you're in trouble. Because when you're looking to anything, and, and people get hung up on the drinking, if you're eating ice cream, it's the same. If you're eating ice cream because it's a celebration, fine. But if you're eating ice cream because it makes you feel better, come on, somebody. But I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about us drinking of the Spirit of God. And, and I, this isn't Kent Maddox. This is the Lord that always ties drinking of the Spirit to alcohol. Scripturally. Acts chapter 2, day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? What did he say? These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. That tells me something happened to them in the upper room that they went in one way and they came out another way. They went in scared, anxious, afraid, discouraged, disillusioned because Jesus had died and they didn't know if it was true. He said, wait for the promise. They hadn't gotten it yet. They went in and locked themselves in the upper room, scared to death. And whatever transpired, whatever they got a hold of in there, once they got out of that place, the people outside said, my God, what kind of transformation is this? These people must be drunk. These people must be drunk because their behavior has been altered. Their behavior has been altered. 
In other words, they've tasted, they've drank something. Something has transformed. Something has had a transforming effect. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. It's much too early for them to be drunk. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel in the last days. God says, I'll pour my spirit out upon all people, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Spirit, we're, we're supposed to be a spirit-filled church. We should be some of the most joyful people in the earth. We should be some of the most joyful people in the city. When, when, you, when, when, you, when people get around us, they, they need to think something's wrong. How, I mean, how you keep, how you so happy? How you got so much joy? Don't you watch the news? Haven't you seen what's happening in Washington? Haven't you been seeing what's happening in our own state, in our own politics? Haven't you been looking at this? Yeah, I've been looking at all of it. But I'm drinking. See, responsibility says you got to go do something to fix it. Jesus says, won't you just sit down, have a drink? Spiritually, sit down, have a drink. Drink of the Spirit of God. Fill your life up with the Spirit of God. Ephesians 5, go there real quick. Don't be drunk with wine. Don't be drunk with alcohol. That'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music and melody to the Lord in your hearts. That when you get around somebody that's filled with the Spirit, that's the, you, you should see that activity. They should be joyful. They should be singing. They should be happy. They should be positive. They should have hope in their heart and hope in their lives and, 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 and positivity in their mouth. Come on. But I get around Christians, you know, I'm not saying you ain't got problems. I'm just saying you've been ransomed. You've been redeemed. You've been rescued. You've been saved. We're not of this world. We're of another world. We got this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. But you know why you're, you know, let's just get down and dirty with it this morning if we're going to start this drinking business. The reason that we aren't happy and we don't have joy is because you're looking to the world to give it to you. You're happy when you got money in the bank. You're joyful when all your money's piled up, which tells me you're still trusting Jesus, but you're trusting Jesus and money. I'm like you. I love the feeling of having money in the bank. But I think Jesus is looking for somebody who can find joy even when you ain't got no money in the bank. I think Jesus wants you to have joy when your children ain't acting right, not just when they are acting right. I think you ought to have joy when your prayers are answered or when you're waiting for your prayers to be answered. The joy of the Lord is still supposed to be very alive. Just keep drinking till the promise comes. Just keep drinking till you get the breakthrough. Just keep drinking till you see the manifestation of it. Cha-cha-cha is right. <laughs> People in here that know about drinking, if you're going to keep being inebriated, you got to keep drinking. You can't drink 20 years ago. I'm afraid the church is full of people who got filled with the Holy Ghost 20 years ago. And that's the last drink you had. 
And I know we got recovery people in here, so don't, don't get sideways with me over that. I just, I just think we've, we've gone about it wrong. We, we, tell them, we tell those recovery people, we try to dry drunks out. Well, that's ridiculous. Ain't nothing worse than a dry drunk. We shouldn't be teaching dry drunkenness. We shouldn't teach drunks to get dry. We should teach them, quit drinking this and just start drinking this. Because if you drink enough of this, you won't want that much of this anymore. I mean, why would the world try to make us think that that drink and drugs and all that, because, hey, it does work temporarily. But Jesus said, I got something you can drink, and if you drink of this stuff, you won't ever be thirsty again. So why do we think we've got to give all of our joy away just because we're not abusing substances when we know we got the Spirit of the living God who wants to give us the same feeling? Yes, sir, the same feeling. Jesus wants you high, drunk, inebriated in the spiritual realm so that you can live in this world full of joy. <laughs> Drink of the Holy Ghost. The message translation. I got to get out of here. Look, I love this. Don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God. Huge draughts of Him. Big drinks of God. Keg stands. Keg stand for Jesus. Big draughts. Funnel it. <laughs> That's what it means. Big draughts. Not guzzle it. Guzzle God. Guzzle the Spirit. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God. Well, I should have recognized a few, few a while back when I started losing my joy. First thing that goes is your song. Your song starts leaving you. Why are you not drinking enough? You're not drinking enough of the Spirit of God. If you're drinking, if you're drinking enough of the Spirit of God, you'd be, you'd be happy. Right in the midst of you'll have joy. You have joy down in your soul, right in the midst of everything that's going on. But I think the devil's lied to us about this responsibility thing. God called you sheep, not donkeys. I've never seen a sheep backpacking, you know, with a big load. <laughs> what are you doing? Just carrying my grain on my sheep. If we had been called to carry things, God would have called us my donkeys. No, he said my sheep. I've never seen a sheep carrying, a, carrying anything. I've never even seen a sheep responsible for themselves. I'll tell you what I love about God calling a sheep. Sheep are the dumbest animals on the earth. 
and I qualify to be God's sheep because I've tried to figure this life out on my own and I ain't smart enough to get it done on my own. So what do I do? I trust the Lord. I feed on His faithfulness. My trust is not in my ability. My trust is in the shepherd's ability who is watching after me. Some of us just need to get, some of you just take yourself too serious. Mr. Miss Fix It. Like you got to fix everything. You got to fix your kids. You got to fix your money. You know, Jesus, you know, isn't this interesting? God said, be still and know that I am God. Sit down with me in heavenly places. Sit down, Jesus said. Have a drink. Martha, Martha, you're worried about many, many things, but you've forgotten the best things. Sit down. Have a drink. Let's talk. <laughs> Drink of the Spirit of God. Huge droughts, droughts of the Spirit of God. Let joy rise up in your soul and just get on down inside of you and just take big drinks of the Holy Ghost. And so I'm just, my message is pretty simple today. I'm just, I'm just saying we got to start doing some drinking. Thanks for listening to this message. If you are blessed by this message, you can give by visiting waio.org or by downloading the Wayo app and selecting Give. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Thanks.